Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview, and today on the show, I'm going to be starting a series about the decade. 2020 is the start of of a new decade, and whenever you get to the start of something, you can always celebrate what came before. You can look forward to what's there in the future, which I've already done in my most anticipated of the year episode, and then you can look back and you can celebrate what came before. So that is what this series is going to be about. It's going to be looking back at this past year, at this past decade, you know, from 2000 to 2010 to 2019 those 10 years right there and I'm just going to go back year by year and look at all the movies and I'm going to create a, a top 10 list for every year for this whole decade of my favorite movies and my favorite video games. Now I thought about going more in depth about, you know, TV shows and you know, music and all this kind of stuff that I kind of go to in my favorite things of the year episode, but I decided I'm going to keep it simpler and I'm going to keep it more to the the things that I the the more main things that I think I I talk about here on the show which are movies and video games. And so I'm going to count down my top 10 favorite movies and top 10 favorite video games for each year of this past decade. And I'm going to make this a a series here. This this episode is going to contain two years. It's going to be 2018 and 2017. And the reason that I skipped 2019 is because I just had my favorite things of 2019 episode. So that's a a much bigger dive into 2019 that I'm going to be getting into some of these other years, I think. But I'm starting with 2018, and I'm going to do two years at a time for, at least for this one, maybe even for the next episode, because with these ones, I do have episodes out there that are my favorite things of 2018, my favorite things of 2017, 16, and I want to say 15 also, you know, back to whenever I first started this show. I have, like, favorite things of the year episodes going, like, all the way back to the beginning. And so, you know, to get through some of these first couple ones where you already have episodes with me, like, talking about this kind of stuff, I'm gonna go a a couple years at a time. But I think what's most gonna be most interesting is, like, once we get to, like, 2015, which I think I did have one, but it's been long enough that it's, I imagine it's going to be different than what I talked about in the episode five years ago, you know? And so, once we get a little further back, back on stuff that uh, that either I have never touched on on the podcast before or I haven't in a long time. Uh, these last two episodes, th- these last two years here that I'm going to be talking about, 2017 and 2018, are both fairly recent and you can easily go back and find those episodes where I talk about those favorite things. And when I count down my favorite things of this uh, of these two years of 2018 and 17, I'm also going to look back at what I said that year immediately following the year, what was my favorite things. And we'll see how things changed, we'll th- see how things progressed. And uh yeah, so basically 
I want to do some episodes that looks back on this entire decade, and then probably at the end I'll do an episode wrapping up the entire decade, you know, saying my, my top 10 of the entire decade, kind of pulling the lists and figuring out my absolute favorites from this decade. So, without any further ado, let's look at 2018. And 2018 was a great year when it comes to movies. I mean, just listen to these runner-up movies I got on here. We have Annihilation. We have Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which I know not everybody liked, but I actually liked the weird new direction that that took the Jurassic World franchise. We have Ant-Man and the Wasp. We have Mission Impossible Fallout, uh, Halloween, The Predator, uh, Aquaman, Bumblebee. Like, so many really good movies here that didn't even make my top 10 list here. There's also like a Maze Runner, The Death Cure. Uh, that's the, the final entry in the Maze Runner franchise, which in my opinion is an underrated trilogy. I actually... Uh, I actually really enjoyed the Maze Runner trilogy. It introduced me to Dylan O'Brien, who I actually think is a, a really good young actor here. And it's, I think it's just, it's some cool and interesting sci-fi kind of concepts in here. Yes, it's the YA novel type movies, but I, I actually think this is an underrated trilogy here with those movies. We also got a Tomb Raider, which is a, a really solid uh, video game adaptation. We have Deadpool 2, which in my opinion uh, impre improved upon the first Deadpool movie. We have Upgrade, a cool little sci-fi movie. We have Game Night and Tag, these fun comedies that came out this year. And also Johnny English Strikes Again, if you're into the whole slapstick comedy kind of thing. That's a pretty good one. Uh, there's just, there's so many great movies that came out in 2018. It's just a fantastic year in movies. Let's, let's start here on the actual top 10 list here that I chose. So, number 10, I have Black Klansmen. This is a, a serious movie that has a lot of comedic elements in it too it's a it's a it's a drama about this guy that this black police officer that is trying to take down the kkk and it's absolutely fascinating it's engrossing with the characters it's fun it's funny and it's just it's absolutely fantastic spike lee directing this this was nominated for best picture and i was kind of rooting for this for best picture this is one that i thought uh had the potential to win best picture and uh so you know i was like okay you know of the ones that i've seen and that's here for best picture and stuff this is the one i was kind of hoping would take away the prize ultimately it didn't but man Black Klansman, just a, a absolutely fantastic movie. Number nine, I have Hotel Artemis. This is an underrated gem of an action movie with some great world building, some really cool action sequences, and just some really fun, snappy dialogue between all these characters. Just a whole bunch of criminals all kind of hanging out together in this hotel, and it's it's kind of like John Wick in the way that, you know, when they go into their uh, the Continental, they can't fight each other or anything. The similar kind of thing with Hotel Artemis, but they go there to, uh, to get fixed when they're all busted up, and it's just, it's fantastic. 
it's it's can be funny and darkly humorous at points but it's also you know you get into the characters you get into the excitement and the tension of the situation i loved hotel artemis i thought this was fantastic number eight i got shoplifters now this is a uh a japanese film i believe uh it's honestly if you liked parasite I would recommend checking out Shoplifters because, I mean, not just that it's in a foreign language, but uh, it actually, I think it has a lot of things in common with Parasite in that it's it's very funny sometimes, but it, it very much carries this very heavy drama with it as well. And it's it's a kind of it's a kind of movie that you enjoy watching for a lot of the points of the movie, but it can also be very sad. It can also be very melancholy at the same time, and it's just it's a it's a wonderful little movie about this this family uh, that that is homeless. They live on the streets, or they live like in this kind of rundown house kind of thing that that they got going on there, and. It's, they're shoplifters, you know, and like the name implies, and it's just, it's just a wonderful little movie. I would definitely recommend checking out Shoplifters. It's really good. Uh, but you will have to read the whole thing, so I mean, there's that. Uh, <laughs> number seven, I have The Bad Times at the El Royale. It's actually just Bad Times at the El Royale. Man, Drew Goddard directing another movie. I believe he's only directed two movies at this point, which is ridiculous because this dude is awesome. Cabin in the Woods being his first movie, and you can believe that's going to be on a top 10 list in one of these upcoming episodes here. Whatever year that came out, that's going to be in there because I love Cabin in the Woods. And the bad time and bad times at El Royale is another fantastic movie. Again, just this group of characters that you really enjoy watching. Just this fun, witty dialogue bouncing off each other. You could probably look at my list here and tell that that is the stuff that I like. I like good characters. Character is what is important to me in movies. And this gets characters so right and I really enjoyed watching these characters and there's characters that you like you hate in the movie that you love to hate in the movie kind of thing because they're horrible characters and you're like oh I hate that guy but in just the way the movie wants you to it's very witty it's very clever it's so much fun bad times at the El Royale if you have not seen that movie well, you need to watch it. I mean, dude, uh, it's it's just awesome. Number six, I have Overlord. Now, this is the Wolfenstein movie that I always wanted, only it's not a Wolfenstein movie. This is, uh, you got some Americans that are, I, I don't remember what the mission initially starts out to be, but it's, oh, I think they gotta, they gotta, like, take down some satellite towers. You got some Americans going in to take down some Nazi satellite towers. And so it's, it's during World War Two. Two, yes, it's during World War II. Uh, the they're going in to take down some Nazi satellite towers, and then they figure out, oh, this is a place that Nazis are experimenting on people, and there's weird zombie monster things, and it's awesome. It's a great creature feature monster kind of good time. It's got this great sense of like manic 
fun to it, along with some very kind of dark, serious kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I love this movie so much. So fun. And again, if you play Wolfenstein games and you want a Wolfenstein movie, I think this is going to be the, the closest thing we're going to get to something like that. Uh, without actually getting a Wolfenstein movie, uh, which I hope happens. That'd be great. Uh, number five, I got Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. How is it that they make an animated Spider-Man movie? And it's it's just one of the best Spider-Man movies out there. It's amazing. It's so much fun. It's absolutely hilarious from beginning to end, but it has so much heart. And again, characters. I love these characters. I mean, Spider-Man is already my favorite character of all time, and so you get the, kind of that classic Spider-Man in there, but then you also get the, the Miles Morales Spider-Man, you get the Peter Parker Spider-Man, you get the Spider-Gwen Spider-Man, you get all these different Spider-Mans, you get a bunch of different Spider-Man villains in there as well, and it's just so much fun. It's so entertaining, and it's just an absolute blast. I love Spider-Man Into the Spider-Man. It's so great. Number four, I have Venom. I was not exactly sure what to expect going into this movie based on the reviews, based on, you know, these different factors. You know, they're, they're making a Venom movie that's, like, supposedly not really connected to Spider-Man or something, which maybe it is now or something. It's all still a little bit muddled at this point, but Venom is so much fun. I can't wait for the sequel that's coming out supposedly later this year. Who knows what's going on with the virus and everything. You know, maybe it'll get pushed. Uh, I don't know. Wait, did it already get pushed? I don't remember. Anyway, Venom, the first movie, is just, once again, the characters. Tom Hardy is just kills it. Tom Hardy is fantastic. I, I love him in that. And then you got the character of the Venom symbiote himself. Their relationship is very fun. It's not really what you find in the comic books for Venom. I mean, they definitely pulled elements from it and stuff, but, uh, but, but they, there's definitely some liberties being taken for this version of Venom, but it was so much fun. It's hilarious. It's, it's also, Got some drama in there that works, I think. And just, man, I loved it. I loved this movie so much. Venom, fantastic. Number three, I have A Quiet Place. Uh, just one that instantly climbed up my list of some of my favorite monster movies of all time. A Quiet Place is definitely in that list. I love monsters. I love monster movies. I love all that kind of stuff. And A Quiet Place... Once again, as always, what it gets right is these characters. Through very little dialogue, through very little sound in the movie, they build up these characters. They build up this family. They build up this family relationship that is so positive and so powerful and so palpable that when the end comes, it's like it's it's heart-wrenching, it's emotional, it's impactful, and it's just fantastic. It's so, so good. If you're into monsters and monster movies, this is one that you cannot miss. And a sequel coming out, I mean, awesome. It doesn't really need a sequel, but awesome. I, I love it. I can't wait. Uh, number two, I got Black Panther. 
I love Black Panther. One of my favorite Marvel movies. I'm saying one of my favorites about a lot of these movies, but that's because this year is just amazing when it comes to movies. So Black Panther, one of my favorite Marvel movies. Uh, Black Panther was already one of my favorite superheroes. I li already really liked Black Panther, and so when when I saw him in Civil War, uh, I I liked him generally, but I had a few issues with him. I'm like, all right, come can we? make this even a little better, and they definitely did in Black Panther. I absolutely loved Black Panther and that movie. It was so cool, so fun, and just, again, just absolutely fantastic movie. Absolutely nailed the character of Black Panther, which is, is what I was hoping for. I loved that movie. And then number one, I got Avengers Infinity War, the, the first of these two kind of parts to this series of Avengers movies here, like the... Yeah, Avengers Infinity War and then Avengers Endgame, which kind of both put together are one complete story. But I think even separately, I think these are complete stories. I think, uh, well, I th I'd say uh, Infinity War even more so than Endgame. Endgame is an end cap to all things MCU. Even though it's continuing on, it's still kind of an end cap to everything that happened in the MCU before that. Infinity War is a complete story in and of itself, and I don't even know that you would call Infinity War a cliffhanger. I mean, in one sense, it is a cliffhanger, because, I guess, spoilers for Infinity War, but I feel like everybody that's listening to this will probably know already, so spoilers for Infinity War, okay? Everybody dies in this movie. And it ends that way. It ends, everybody dies, it's Captain America sitting there, and he's like, oh no... And then, you know, Iron Man's up on some planet, and he's like, ah, and Spider-Man's like, you know, I don't want to die, and he just dies, and, you know, and it's, it's very sad and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, they're going to come back even when they're dying. But it's still an amazing ending to this movie, and I think it's a complete story, because the story of Infinity War is not the Avengers story. The story of Infinity War is Thanos' story. The Avengers story comes in the sequel. The Avengers story is Endgame. And that's when they come back. That's when they win. Infinity War, it could have been called Thanos Infinity War. And that honestly would have made more sense because he is more or less the main character of Avengers Infinity War. And that's awesome. <laughs> this is, this is like how, this is how Marvel does their, their super villain focused movies. Unlike DC, which had uh, Joker, which was fantastic. I, I love Joker, by the way. Um, not dissing that, but you know, they had this Venom, they, they had this, this Joker movie that is just, it's dark, it's brooding, and it's very dour, kind of, and everything, you know. But then, and, and, and Infinity War is all those things to a certain extent, but they, they kind of label it as an Avengers movie. They're like, hey, it's an Avengers movie. But really, ultimately, what Infinity War is, is it's a villain movie. It's the Thanos movie that leads into the Avengers movie. You know, it's in the same way that, you know, Iron, uh, Iron Man 2 was heavily setting up the Avengers. And then Thor, uh, like, set up some elements of the first Avengers movie. And then they had an Avengers movie. Even though some of those characters kind of cross-pollinated a little bit. It was still, like, the solo movie setting it up. 
This one, I mean, obviously all the Avengers are in Infinity War and all this kind of stuff, but it was very much like Thanos' movie, his progression, his story arc in the movie was the main focus, and he, he fought for what he wanted, and ultimately, you know, through much hardship and turbulation and all this kind of stuff, he had to kill Gamora, all this kind of stuff, he ultimately, you know gets what he was striving for he ultimately finally succeeds by the skin of his teeth and it's it's fantastic it's so so good and it's like that makes that like a complete story in and of itself but it was the bad guy he's the bad guy thanos is evil he what he stands for is wrong and so we need the avengers to come and kick his butt in the second movie which is exactly what happened and Endgame is also absolutely fantastic. So, uh, real quick again, my list. Number 10, Black Klansman. Number 9, Hotel Artemis. Number 8, Shoplifters. Number 7, Bad Times at the El Royale. Number 6, Overlord. Number 5, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Number 4, Venom. Number 3, A Quiet Place. Number 2, Black Panther. Number 1, Avengers Infinity War. Now, let's go back. Let's go back to 2018, or, or I guess it was early 2019 when I released my favorite things of 2018. So what did 2018 David here have to say about these movies? What was the list? Well, honestly, the list is pretty similar with a few exceptions. So for number 10, Hotel Artemis. So uh, that actually went up a slot. It was number nine on my list now. Uh, number nine, we ha I had Black Klansman. So Black Klansman was number 10. So those two just switched. Number eight, I had Ant-Man and the Wasp, which actually didn't make my list this year, which is interesting. I mean, I guess I really like Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's a lot of fun movie. But I don't know. I guess I do have issues with that movie. And now thinking back on it, it kind of lowered down a little bit more, in my opinion, I suppose. Interesting. Uh, number seven, I had Bad Times at the El Royale, uh, which is the same as last year. Number six, I had Overlord, which is the same as last year, uh, as the previous year. Number five, I had Venom, which was at number four, which is switched with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So I switched those two, which is interesting. I could switch those two back. Those, but I love both of those. And then my top three, interesting. Number three is both The Quiet Place on both these lists. But then I switched Black Panther and Infinity War, which was not intentional. When I was looking through the list, I was like, oh yeah, Infinity War is going to slot in here. Whereas last, you know, in 2018, when I made this list, it was Black Panther that ended up at the top, not Infinity War. Very interesting. I love both of those movies. Both of those movies are uh, in the top of the MCU, in my opinion. And the top of the MCU means some of my favorite movies because that, that series of movies is just some of my all-time favorite movies. So those two switched around there. And again, I think in the future, those two might switch back depending on my mood or what I'm thinking about with the movies and stuff. But I do love both of those movies. Those those are both cemented at, you know, right near the top of the MCU movies as a whole. Have you ever uh, counted down the entire MCU as a list? I should do that at some point, you know? That's, that's, I should do that. 
So my list in 2018 is actually pretty similar to what my list was now, uh, which is not surprising. I mean, that was only a year ago. Uh, it's a little different. Things have changed around a little bit, and it's kind of interesting to th see how things have shifted around in my mind a little bit in order to create this list slightly differently. Uh, I like I added on shoplifters. That wasn't on my list before, but I think that was because I I just didn't I didn't see it until now. You know, I didn't see it until. Uh, 2019 probably is when I ended up seeing shoplifters, you know, so that didn't make it onto the list until now. But contrary to popular opinion, my opinion is not the only opinion that matters. Opinion, opinion, opinion. So, I'm gonna... <laughs> I, I don't even know, man. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the Oscars that happened for 2018. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go through all of them for sure. That would just take up way too much time and, uh, and at this point just be too late in the, the timeline to be of that much relevance, at least for, for what I'm going through here. So I'm just, I'm gonna go through the Best Picture nominees and then just a, a, a handful of other things that happened during the Oscars for 2018. So the Best Picture nominees were Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, the favorite Roma a star is born and vice and the winner was green book um so of those I have not seen green book I haven't seen the winner but I've seen black panther I've seen black clansmen and I've seen the favorite uh I didn't really like the favorite. I loved Black Panther and I loved Black Klansman. I would have loved for, you know, Black Panther to win, but I, I never expected Black Panther to win. Uh, to be perfectly honest, the only reason I think Black Panther got nominated is because of its, uh, because of politics, you know? It's it's because of the, uh, the, the message about, uh, about black people, honestly, you know, not to be, not to put too fine a point on it or anything, but I, I think that's why it got nominated over it being a, a great film. Uh, that said, I think it was a great film, and so I'm happy it got nominated, uh, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of these movies because, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't super interested in a lot of them. I mean, uh, Roma, A Star is Born, Vice, Bohemian Rhapsody even. I was just kind of, you know, when I saw the trailers and stuff, I was like, okay, you know, these might be good. I might enjoy them, but uh, I don't know, honestly. It's just, hmm, I don't know. Uh, Green Book, I don't even know if I've actually seen a trailer to Green Book, which is kind of crazy. The Oscar Oscar winning movie of the year, and I don't even know if I've seen a trailer to that movie, but yeah. I do want to, though, in the future, I, I do want to continue making those Oscar episodes. This last Oscar episode I thought was pretty fun, and so uh, I, I want to kind of up my game. I want to, like, you know, make some things a little bit better than how it worked in this version of the that episode, but I, I do want to continue that as a series every year and have an Oscar episode where I, I predict the Oscars and then, like, watch them and all that kind of stuff, and, and if you've listened to the Oscar episode and if you enjoyed that, well, I guess expect more of that in the future, one, once a year, because that's when the Oscars happen. Uh... <laughs> So Oscar, also the 2018 Oscars here, uh, foreign language film Shoplifters was nominated, actually. So that's pretty cool, but it, it lost to Roma, which is fine. You know, Roma got nominated for Best Picture, so how would Roma not win the Best Picture, the, the Best Foreign Language Film, right? I think that was 
I want to say that was in Spanish, but again, I'm I'm not exactly sure. Uh, So, yeah, it's kind of cool. Shoplifters was nominated. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won Best Animated Film, and rightfully so. That's an amazing film. Uh, And also, it's a superhero film winning, so very cool. Uh, Black Panther won both Best Production Design and Best Costume Design. Which is very cool also. You know, it, won, it didn't win the best picture and I didn't expect it to. But it, it pulled off some of these other more technical kind of categories, which is cool. Alright, I'm making a call midway through this episode. Uh, I'm only going to talk about 2018 in this episode. It looks like this episode is going to be long enough with only one year. So, I'm just going to do one year per episode. And this is going to be 10 episodes long going back all the way to 2010. So if you want to hear more of this, stay subscribed or subscribe to the Helix Reviews podcast, a podcast that is a proud member of the Christian Geek Central Network, a hub of all kinds of cool Christian geeky stuff from around the web, all funneled to ChristianGeekCentral.com. Check it out. Okay, so now we're going to move on to video games. Now, just like in movies... This was an absolutely fantastic year in video games. There was some amazing video games that, that came out this year. Just heavy, blockbuster, like amazing games that came out in 2018. So some of the runner-up here for me, uh, we have Just Cause 4, just an absolute blast. We have Forza, Forza Horizon 4, just a fantastic, fun racing game. Uh, we Happy Few didn't live up to expectations ultimately, but was a very fascinating, interesting game. Uh, and The Walking Dead, the final season, the only reason this is not on the list is because ultimately, because I, I just, I still haven't finished it. Oops. <laughs> I want to finish it. I, I just, I haven't finished it yet. But, I did enjoy what I've played of that game, which is two, three episodes, two episodes, three episodes, something like that. Anyway, um, (laughs) uh, also I still have not played Red Dead Redemption 2 yet. Uh, It's on Xbox Game Pass now, so I want to, at some point, uh, borrow my brother's Xbox One and uh, play Red Dead Redemption 2. So that's that is my intention at some point here. We'll see how that goes. I I am hoping that after I play through The Last of Us Part Two, which comes out in not too long here, uh, I will start playing Red Dead Redemption Two. But we'll see how that goes. I mean, it depends on what he's playing and stuff as well. So let's just jump into the list here. Number ten, I have Unravel Two. Now this is a really fun multiplayer game. The the reason that I played this is because it's a multiplayer game. Honestly, that's like the only reason I played this. I wouldn't have played it because it it looks like it's the the well it is. It's the cutesy fun kind of game. It's like, "Oh yeah, that's I enjoyed that. That was fun. It's cute and the the little characters in there are cute and like them jumping around, it's like relaxing and nice and everything, but it's ultimately not the kind of video game that I am generally gravitating towards, you know, it's like, okay, if I play it, I'll probably enjoy it, I'll probably have a good time, but it's not when I'm like, ooh, I gotta seek out that one, and so when Unravel 2 came out, and it's like, hey, it's like the first Unravel, where it's this puzzle platformer kind of thing, only 
now you can play couch co-op, I'm like, oh, I'm there. I'm on board for this because I can get my brother to play this with me. And we played it together and it's a blast. It's a lot of fun. Again, it's just, it's very cute. It's very fluffy and fun and it's not, I mean, there is some kind of weird story kind of thing going on there too, but honestly, that that didn't matter too much to me because that's not really what it was about for me. It was just the, the kind of fluffy, fun nature of this, and it's just kind of figuring out the puzzles, a lot of, like, physics-type puzzles going on. You're swinging around trying to jump to certain places and things, and it's just, it's delightful, it's fun, and the, the co-op gameplay adds a tremendous amount to this game. It's great. Number nine, I have Detroit Become Human. David Cage games like Beyond Two Souls, like uh, Heavy Rain, like Fahrenheit, and like uh, Detroit Become Human are very hit and miss with a lot of people. I tend to really enjoy his games. Now, I will say, I think Detroit Become Human is... In some ways, it's a lesser one of his games, I think. No, you know what? I don't know. In, I, I think his style of video game is becoming, is starting to become outdated, honestly, is what I think it is. I think this is probably the most polished video game that he's ever made. Uh, like, the choices and the outcomes in this game are ridiculously vast. Like, you know, you know, some people will talk about how, oh, Telltale Games and stuff, they're video games, they make choice-driven games, but really the choices don't lead to actual conclusions. They always lead to what the game director wanted you to go down, the path that he, it, he wanted you to go down, right? And... This game is not like that. With the branching tree that you can see after every chapter, you can see all the directions that you could have went. You can have characters die right near the beginning of the game, and they're not there the rest of the game. Whereas they would have been there to the very end and changed things dramatically. It is amazing to see how many different crazy kind of endings you can get with this game. It's, it's honestly just kind of nuts. And ultimately, playing it, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the story. Is the thematic stuff a bit heavy-handed? For sure, yeah. But I enjoyed the story. I liked some of these characters. I didn't like all of the characters, but I liked some of these characters. And I, I really enjoyed going through this game. I, I just think that the way it's outdated is... Like, he was so focused early on, and still, about making serious video game stories and I think in the PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 type generation uh you know PlayStation 3 is really where I started caring about video game stories before that I never really played a video game where I actually cared about what was going on in the story because none of them were that good in my opinion I know other people will disagree with me but that is my opinion PlayStation 3 is I think really where they started to have a better capability of telling a more profound story. And he was like a pioneer in that. Even back to PlayStation 2 with Fahrenheit, he was like a pioneer in storytelling in video games. And now we're at a point where storytelling in video games 
can be fantastic. Like, it, it can be good from all over the place. You know, we're seeing games like God of War. We're seeing games like the, the recent Tomb Raider games or The Last of Us or Uncharted or so many of these other games. We're seeing games that a lot more commonly have good stories. And so when he's pushing this game that is just all about this story and the the gameplay ultimately is very minimal in in the traditional sense uh it's it it does feel a little bit outdated because i think we've moved past that where we not only can you focus on the story and have a fantastic story but you can mesh that together with also some great gameplay as well you know and this one the the gameplay that was great in this was the dialogue choices. I do think dialogue choices is gameplay. You know, the people that say, oh, it's just a walking simulator, it's boring, it's stupid, it's not, okay, maybe whatever. But that is gameplay, and that is very fun gameplay, in my opinion. That stuff was fantastic. Pretty much all the other gameplay was kind of meh. You know, you're, you're walking around, you do some jumping around and stuff at certain points, but none of that was that great, you know? Really... The, the choice driven stuff was very good. So if we could have... I'm looking forward to the next David Cage game. Whatever he puts out, I, I'll probably be there because I like what he does. But I do hope with whatever his next project is, he makes this very story-based game. He makes characters that he, he wants to make. He, he makes themes that he wants to talk about, you know? Because he obviously wants to talk about themes with these games. And so he makes some themes that he, he wants to talk about. But he does it in a game with more more compelling gameplay outside of the story choices more compelling gameplay outside of the dialogue choices you know i mean i love that stuff but if we could get maybe some action or if we could get uh you know better climbing type controls or better uh you know better controls for moving around if you can drive around or you know something else just something like you i, I think you've you've done an excellent job at creating this story kind of gameplay that you you made but it's time to progress forward from that you know so anyway not not away from that but into that with more stuff you know kind of you know you know what i'm saying i think you know what i'm saying all right that was a long time talking about my number 9 pick so Let's move on to my number eight pick here. Far Cry 5, man. This game, it's not a great story, particularly. I actually enjoyed the way the story ended. I know some people were like, dude, this way the story ended was super stupid. And it is kind of. I mean, it's, I'm not going to deny that. There's a lot of stupidity in that game. But it's so much fun, man. It's, it's just, it's Far Cry open world ridiculousness of just running around shooting blowing stuff up and it's just it's just kind of over the top ridiculous fun and ultimately this is the far cry game that got me into far cry games you know like i played a little bit of some previous ones but i never got too into it i played this one really enjoyed it and i, and I went back and i played primal i played uh, far cry new dawn which came out since then so this is the far cry game that got me into far cry games and i actually bought a uh, far cry 4 on sale just recently so i'll be playing that sometime probably not in the too distant future here but this is the one that got me into these games, and now 
I'm looking forward to whatever Far Cry 6 is. I'm looking forward to going back and checking out 4 and 3 and possibly just stopping there from, from what I hear. Uh, <laughs> but this game is very fun. It's very fun. Uh, number 7, we got Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I must say this is the weakest of the new Tomb Raider games. That said, it's still a blast. It's still a lot of fun. Uh, just some some fantastic uh, bow and arrow type combat in there. Uh, I would have liked them to have pushed that even more, had a little bit more of that, because I felt like they, they lessened that a little bit too much in this game. But that was very fun. A lot more puzzles in this one, a lot more tombs and stuff to figure out, which is also very fun to figure all that kind of stuff out. You know, just a, a very fun, entertaining adventure. The DLC adding a bunch of tombs and stuff like that to it. Also very fun if you're into the whole tomb raiding thing, if you're into the whole puzzle, figuring out all that kind of stuff. I enjoy that stuff. I really enjoyed Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Uh, if you haven't checked out any of those games, I would recommend, if you want the more, a little bit more story-based and a uh, little more focused game, you can check out the first one. If you want a little bit more open-world-ish kind of game, uh, check out the second one, and then if you enjoy those, check out the third one, because it's kind of more of the same. Uh, it doesn't progress things too much, if I'm being perfectly honest, but it is fun, for sure. Uh, number six, we got Call of Cthulhu. Oh yeah, I love the Cthulhu mythos, I love HP Lovecraft type storytelling, and that's just, that's what this is. This is an HP Lovecraft story, and it's, it's the walking simulator, quote unquote, type of game, but I really enjoyed this. I loved the, the oppressive, you know, Lovecraftian type atmosphere to this. I loved, uh, I, I loved the, the, the brief appearance of Cthulhu in this game. I, I loved the, the creature type stuff in this game. I, I loved the, the kind of madness, weirdness going on in this game. And I think they could have done some things better with the story. I think they could have done some things better with the gameplay. I do think this is like a, this isn't a triple A game. This is kind of a, a smaller budget game. And you can tell when you're playing the game that it's like, okay, it doesn't live up to the, the standards of quality of certain other, you know, games that is even lower than it on this list and stuff. That said, because I love this, this type of material and stuff, I loved this game. It was, it was awesome. I loved it. Uh, so my number six is Call of Cthulhu. My number five is Call of Duty Black Ops 4, despite the fact that they ripped out the story of this Call of Duty game, and it's all multiplayer uh, with an added battle royale on here. I loved it, man. It's so much fun. My main focus when playing the Call of Duty games is the multiplayer anyway, so the, them taking out the story ultimately didn't hurt it too much for me, because when I played that multiplayer, it's just an absolute blast. So much fun, and a very fun battle royale, but they even improved upon the battle royale, in my opinion, in Warzone, which is out there and it's free right now. Go play Warzone. It's great. But Black Ops 4, also great. Uh, I... I I guess I do hope that they continue with the stories and stuff, though. I mean, they did with Modern Warfare. I think they will again with, uh, I think Black Ops 5 is supposed to be the next, uh, Call of Duty game. Uh, so, I, I imagine they'll bring back the story with the next one. But this one they didn't, and ultimately, 
I, I still loved the game. I still liked it a lot. Number four, I have A Way Out. This is a multiplayer story-focused game where you got uh, two two uh, criminals in prison and they have to escape out of the prison, break out of the prison, and, and you know, kind of go on an adventure and stuff. It's a couch co-op game. It's an absolute blast to play. Me and my brother played it together, which heightens that experience a lot for me, for sure. But I really enjoyed the story. I liked these characters. And uh, the gameplay, I think, is... Uh, I, I Honestly, I would say it's it's better than some of the walking simulator-ish kind of games, you know? I, I think it was decent, uh, if not amazing, you know? Uh, so yeah, A Way Out, I really, really enjoyed that game. Number, there, there really needs to be more couch co-op games. Come on, guys. More couch co-op games, please. Number three, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. My favorite Assassin's Creed game, honestly. Like, I liked Black Flag as my favorite for a long time. Now, Odyssey is my favorite, and I really think they they fixed the gameplay with, uh, with Origins and Odyssey from from the, the Assassin's Creed games that came before this, which were kind of wonky all the time, I thought. Um, this this game, just open world, so much fun. I actually kind of, I actually enjoyed the, the story that was going on in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I don't know exactly how all it connected to uh, Assassin's Creed, the wider universe. I could definitely see some strands, you know, a, a little bit of connection, but it wasn't like apparent that's like, oh, this is obviously this person isn't the assassin or this person is whatever you know you can see okay i think this will lead to this this will lead to that kind of thing but um but ultimately i'm not necessarily in it for the larger assassin's creed story even though what i hear about the larger assassin's creed story sounds really cool i'm not really in it for that i'm in it for that story that is in this game particularly and the the gameplay and the assassinations and all this kind of stuff which was very fun Definitely straying into some strong RPG elements with this game, which I have my problems with RPGs, and if they go too far in that direction, you know, if, if they go even further in that direction, I might have problems with future Assassin's Creed games, but where that middle ground was with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I loved it. It was fantastic. Number two, God of War. Man, I love this game. So much fun. It... It made me really love this franchise that I always kind of looked at and went, you know what, the gameplay looks pretty cool, but the story just looks like not interested at all. And I played a little bit of one of them. I don't know if it was the first one or the third one. I don't know. I played a little bit of one of them and I was like, oh, okay, you know, this is interesting or something, but I, I, I just played a very little bit and then God of War came out and I was like, dude, this looks amazing. And you play it and the gameplay just starting there is absolutely phenomenal, man. The, the the Leviathan Axe is like legitimately one of the best weapons I've ever used in a video game ever. It's amazing. It's so much fun. It feels so good to throw it through an enemy and pull it back through an enemy and freeze an enemy when you hit him and then pull it out and smash him or you can punch him with your fists while he's frozen. It's just amazing. It's absolutely amazing gameplay, amazing 
combat and just absolutely phenomenal on that front. The world building also amazing. You know, the way the snake that's in all of the, uh, what's his name? I don't remember his name, but the snake that's in like the, in the open world area, that's just kind of sitting there and you're like, Whoa, that's, that's a really cool and weird. And you learn more about him. You learn more about this witch that you meet along the way. You learn more about all these different characters. There's this head that Kratos keeps on his side that will talk and give you a lot of lore and stuff, which is awesome and hilarious and great. Also, the story. Just the story is absolutely fantastic. The story between Kratos and his son Atreus. Absolutely fantastic. Because you got this, this war battle hardened father that is so angry that he's just, you know, in the previous games, which I haven't played, but knowing a rough outline of what those stories are, he's just this absolutely angry person like all the time because of of what the the gods the old gods did to him and he goes and he kills all those old gods and now he's in this place with all these other gods you know moving from what from from Egyptian mythology to Norse mythology I don't remember exactly moving from one mythology to another uh, mythology here and then you know he's he's just this this character that has so much rage and anger all in him. But at this point, it's not just boiling over like it was in those first three games. He's kind of holding it beneath the surface, but you can very much tell it's there. And he has such a, a hard disconnect from, from connecting in any real way to any person. And that includes his son. But, but you can tell he wants to connect with his son. He wants to be the father that his son needs, especially at the beginning of the game when his mother dies, the, the kid's mother dies, Kratos' wife passes away, and then that's that's where the game starts. And you can see Kratos being like, you know, not only do I kind of want to connect with my kid now, I'm also kind of forced to because now I have to take care of him. And now we have to we have to take his mother's ashes and put them at the top of the mountain. And so you're you're on that quest with your kid and there's dangers all along the way and there's this adventure all along the way and and Atreus you know wants to do certain things and so you can either kind of listen to him and go with that or you could go your own direction a little bit but ultimately there's the one path through the game that will get you to the end which it, and it just leaves you on this very kind of poignant uh, just fantastic emotional kind of moment in the game and it's just uh, honestly, a, a fantastic action, fantastic story. Just, I, I totally understand why this is people's games of the year. You know, it's, it's just so fantastic. But my game of the year is not God of War. I loved that game so much, but it's not God of War because my favorite game of the year stars my favorite character of all time, Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man. Man, I love this game. Just perfectly capturing what Spider-Man is. Amazing fun gameplay action. Um, so much fun swinging around the city. Probably the best mode of transportation around a city in any game I've played. Just an absolute blast. And the the story, genuinely fantastic Spider-Man story with some great, great Spider-Man villains, great Spider-Man heroes, just all that kind of stuff 
stuff meshing together into this absolutely fantastic game. I really hope this is the... <laughs> I really hope this is the Batman Arkham Asylum to what is going to be the Batman Arkham City with whatever the next Spider-Man game is that just ups the game and makes it even better. That is what I'm hoping for. Will it be even better next time? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But I cannot wait for the next Spider-Man game that is inevitably going to be coming because this one did so well and was so amazing. I loved it. One of my favorite games of all time, honestly. Just God of War and Marvel Spider-Man are probably both of there among my favorite games of all time. I love those games so much. Alright, so real quick, my top 10 games of 2018. We got Unravel 2 at number 10. Number 9, Detroit Become Human. Detroit Become Human. Uh, number 8, we got Far Cry 5. Number 7, we have Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Number 6, we have Call of Cthulhu. Number 5, we have Call of Duty. Black Ops 4. Number 4, we have A Way Out. Number 3, we have Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And number 2, God of War. And number 1, Marvel's Spider-Man. Let's real quick look at what 2018 David thought of these games. What was his list of games in 2018? And my favorite things of 2018 episode. Uh, once again, a, a somewhat similar list here, though with some things different. My number 10 was for Horizon, Forza Horizon 4. I want to say Horizon Zero Dawn, but that was a different year. Forza Horizon 4. That got bumped off the list. Unravel 2 came in the list at number 10. Detroit Become Human in at number 9 in that same place. Uh, in at number 8, I had Call of Cthulhu, which I actually uh, bumped Call of Cthulhu up a couple slots on this year's list, which is interesting because on this year's list, it's number 6. Last year's uh, 2018's list, it was number 8. And in between, number 7, Far Cry 5, number 6, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, those were in the same order, just with Call of Cthulhu on the other side of those two. So, very interesting there. Number 5, I have A Way Out, which is actually a little bit uh, lower than where I put it on the list this year. Number 4, I have Assassin's Creed Odyssey which is, again, one slot lower than where I had it on the list last uh, this year. Um, number three, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. So, basically, I switched Call of Duty Black Ops 4 out of the fifth slot into the third slot, so I had it up a little bit higher before it sunk down a couple slots. Maybe, guys, if you did make the campaign and I played through a story, maybe it would have stayed a that that couple notches higher, you know? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, uh, number two, I had God of War and then number one, Spider-Man, so those were still the same and those are still just some absolutely fantastic games. Absolutely love those ones. So as I said before, again, a just absolutely stellar year in both video games and movies. 2018, just absolutely fantastic. But hey, contrary to popular opinion again, people think there's others that people have opinions about video games or something. I don't know, I can't speak anymore. This is getting too long into this podcast or something. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about the Game Awards. So the Game Awards here, we got Game of the Year nominees here. So the nominees for the Game Awards Game of the Year, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, 
Marvel Spider-Man Celeste and God of War won that. And that's that's cool. You know, God of War rightfully winning that. Uh, the ones that I played here, I've played Marvel Spider-Man and God of War. Uh, <clears throat> again, I want to play Red Dead Redemption 2. And uh, Celeste, I, I don't have a lot of interest in, to be perfectly honest. Monster Hunter World, uh, I, it's just too much of an RPG for me, uh, personally. But this does seem like a, a solid list of games here. Again, Celeste, I just don't know very much about. Uh, oh, A Way Out and Detroit Become Human were nominated for the Best Game Direction. I mean, they both lost to God of War, which is fine. But I, I do think it's cool that uh, both of these games that I enjoy were nominated for Best Game Direction. Uh Forza Horizon 4, which is a game that actually ended up on my list the you know when I listed them in 2018, uh, that won best sports slash racing game. So hey, pretty cool. I guess I'm bright, huh? Now I feel validated, I guess. Uh, <laughs> by the way, sports slash racing game, I don't know. I would argue personally that racing is a sport, right? Like, is that not the case? I think of racing as a sport, even like NASCAR racing, that's a sport, right? I, I think it is. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? That's, that's those are the only game awards really that I, I wanted to focus on there. Uh, overall, 2018 is just a fantastic year in movies, a fantastic year in video games. This is going to be like a hard year to beat. I should, you know what I did? I guess I didn't think of this until now, but I should figure out whichever year was the greatest year of media this year. And I should talk about that when I come to the, the final episode where I'm ranking my favorite things of the decade. But 2018 is going to be one that's hard to beat because, man, there is so many great movies and so many great video games in 2018. Just, wow, fantastic. So that is it for this episode of the Helix Reviews podcast. What did you think of 2018? What do you think of this idea for a decades series? Are you looking forward to more? What are your favorite things of 2017? You send those in to me within the next week or so, and we can get them on the next episode. Helix Reviews podcast at gmail.com. What are your favorite movies, video games from 2017 or 2018? If you want to talk about the ones I, I just talked about here or any of the years previously, if you talk about them, I can insert them into the correct episode. So if you want to be like, hey, this one randomly over here is my favorite one from uh, 2015. I, well, in a few weeks, I'll put it in the 2015 one. You know, you don't have to wait. You don't have to try to email me at the right time. I can figure that stuff out. Helix Reviews Podcast at gmail.com. That is it for this time, guys. Until next time, this is David Arrington. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye, guys.